0: Welcome to Tech Brainstalk with your girl, Flavela Fongang. And today I'm going to fuel your brain with some bomb knowledge. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Tech Brainstalk. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being a listener. Tell the world about Tech Brainstalk podcast so I can grow my number of listeners and you can discover all the amazing interviews I have on the podcast first, which is super, super important. I'm lucky today because we're going to be talking about the scaling power of entering a tech collective. You know, you probably heard about that sentence before, which is, you know, network is your net worth. Yeah. It sounds like a cheesy sentence, but actually means a lot of thing. I know that for me, from my own point of view as a business person, I would have not achieved where I am right now if it wasn't for the people that are part of my network. And I can also call it a collective. And I'm lucky because I will meet Kate Patton, and Kate Patton is part of a Tech of tech Nation. If you haven't heard about Tech Nation, where have you been? And anybody who's in technology would know Tech Nation. So let me tell you something about Kate. Kate is a native Texan who has made the UK her home. A bit like me, you know, moved moved to, to the UK and realized, hey, I'm going to stay here. She has over a decade of experience in the dynamic Scottish tech scene. Now she utilizes her varied and substantial 20-year experience in her entrepreneurial engagement manager position at Tech Nation. That's a long title, but it means a lot. Kate thrives to identify tech business founders in Northeast England and to support their ambitious growth plans to rapidly scale their businesses.
1: Kate, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. My pleasure. The first time we talked, and obviously, I think people make a lot of assumptions about brands that are highly and well-recognized in terms of what they do. And when we're talking, you know, I think there's a lot of assumptions being made probably about tech nation, what, uh, how tech nation can help. Maybe for anybody that doesn't know what Tech is, can we start from maybe with an introduction?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Tech Nation, we support ambitious digital tech entrepreneurs and their teams as they scale and help develop local ecosystems by connecting founders with the key stakeholders. Um, we are primarily government funded. So this support is completely free and we take no equity. Um, and by ambitious, we mean founders who are planning to disrupt the way things are done today in some way. They want to grow and scale nationally or internationally. And by digital tech, we mean companies that have developed unique software that can be considered intellectual property and which is central to their offering and to their service. Mm. So a part of our mission is also to be improving diversity which is in technology, which is why I partly wanted to, to do this, to talk a little bit more about that. But yeah, Technation has a wonderful, huge network across the whole of the UK. And like you were saying earlier, that is basically what our net worth is, is connecting people and making sure that collaborations are starting to happen and build that backbone, that DNA across the UK so that we can basically um, prosper and hopefully do well even through this Brexit kind of time that we're in right now.
0: Yeah. It sounds, I mean, it sounds very dreamy, technician. If I was running a tech business, I work with tech business, but I'm not a tech business. If I was a tech business, I want to be part of Tech Nation. It sounds very dreamy. Is it open for, to everybody? <laughs>
1: It is open to everyone. The main credentials that we look for, so we have different growth uh, programs. So the first thing I need to do is I go out to my ecosystem here in the Northeast, and I find those founders that are doing this really amazing technology. And usually I find them either on my own or someone else, maybe know someone or, or however it comes about. Then I, I actually speak to them and I see where they are in their growth journey. Mm-hmm. And then we have different programs that basically cater to that part of the journey. So We have something we've just launched, um, the newest open applications for a couple of them. So one is called Rising Stars. So those are these brand new tech businesses that are just incorporated within the past couple of years who are on the journey where they haven't gotten that big round of funding yet, but have a great idea. They're building the tech. And we want to highlight that. We want to help them along the way. So they learn about pitching a bit better. They learn how to present to investors. They get put out into the national media, so they get a lot of coverage, and basically just raising their profile. The next thing that we do is something called upscale. So these are companies that have already either already been through our rising star program or they're new companies to us that I've found that basically are past that point of that first series A. But they're looking to really rapidly scale the business. That means in their hiring, that means in their product offering, and maybe their ambitions to grow internationally beyond the UK. Mm -hmm. And the last one that we're doing is something called Future 50. And this is where those companies have already gotten to this amazing monthly recurring revenue. You know, they're in the millions. They're they're growing a business beyond what they may have ever aspired to. And we're kind of looking for those unicorns. Again, they're going to be basically giving jobs to people that are really essential and really growing the company so that then that spreads, again, those wings across the UK out to the international market. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of where we try to find where, where these founders are sitting along that growth journey and then encourage them to apply to our programs. And the application process is pretty straightforward. Uh, We kind of already hit on the credentials that we're looking for, but then we do kind of a judging, and we basically assess. And then once they're on whichever cohort or growth program that we have, then we just take them through the whole process of again kind of highlighting where their needs are, and basically giving them that mentoring and that really important connection to investment. So again, we take no equity; it is all free, um, and we have loads of other resources as well that you can find on, on our website.
0: That sounds really good. I think I want to talk about. We're going to talk as well about diversity because I know mean, the two of us we really understand the importance, but also from a business point of view. Because I think people always think about diversity as a tick box exercise, but for me, I see diversity as a competitive edge and also helps you really understand how to grow your business more effectively. But we're talking about the importance of joining a collective, and as you explain, there's a lot of things going on in tech nation. You know, for any tech entrepreneurs or tech companies out there listening to this, what have they missed? You know, you talk about it was either the support. And, you know the, the journey working with Tech Nation, but looking at just not looking at Tech Nation, but looking at the individuals who are part of Tech Nation, how they've really benefited from being part of this collective.
1: Well, I'm going to take a step back there. Um, so, so Tech Nation, I'm incredibly proud to work for such an organization. And partly why as I'm going to illustrate is when the Black Lives Matter movement happened, we took stock internally and immediately realized that although there's a lot of diversity overall in our company, it wasn't enough. And so from the executive down, we basically restructured the whole company. And we've done something where we've taken outside consultants to come in and we've had a lot of diversity inclusion, kind of hearings and listening sessions and giving input and feedback. And we're building that into the structure of the company now so that we no longer are following, but we're leading from the front so that we hopefully will influence other organizations, other tech organizations to do the same. So, you know, when it comes to the founders, we're now looking for, we're actually actually setting, setting up a, a Black Founders Forum. We're doing something around women in technology. We really want to find those female founders as well. Um, you know, there's a really kind of shocking numbers out there about how many women are basically leading companies, but how far they are away from getting investment. So that's a big piece of it. So we've been we're able to hold um, open office hours with Playfair Capital to basically just, target those women founders and see if we can help in any way. So it's there's lots of touch points and I won't, I won't go into all of them mm. but what I've been really proud of is that we are seriously taking this into internally into our organization and then we want to bring that back out and like I said we want to lead from the front by example.
0: Can I just? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back what you just said. But you know, you you when you saw this happening, you realize, You know, I think it's great. So there's a two type of two type of companies. Companies that were very active already. So say, okay, yeah, we know we knew that it was a problem. So we're gonna carry on on our mission. And then there's other companies that. Well, we're still not doing anything about it. (laughs) I mean, it's the third business that we're not going to have to do something about it and change, really, not just say we're going to do something, we're actually going to act on it. But for any businesses, tech businesses listening to this right now, what have been some of the major takeaways that you realize that, you know, did not really support, maybe did not support diversity. Obviously, we're not talking just about Black Lives Matter. We're talking about diversity from a female, disabled disabled age as well, all these things. What are things that you've implemented? I would be curious to know that.
1: Well, um, we are basically, as, as we speak, we're implementing a roadmap. So we've taken all of these learning sessions, and well, we've collated them, and we actually are building out an internal roadmap and structure where we can start highlighting actual touch points externally across the ecosystems. So you're right. It's not just about, you know, color of your skin or, or anything along those lines. It's talking about every single bit of diversity. So your sexual orientation. You know, I'm part of an LGBT the movement here in the Northeast is targeting um, tech founders here and in that group. Um, You know, also about, you know, women, like I said earlier, you know, being in technology, to be very honest, um, being a woman in technology, you know, oftentimes you'll walk into a room and you're one of maybe three in the room. Mm. And we want to change that. You know, we want people to be able to feel free to pursue their dreams and their goals within you know, setting up businesses in tech. And we want them to feel that they are inclusive. They are part of our Tech Nation, and in any way that we can start doing that, we're we're going to implement it. I don't know all the particulars because we're still working that out right now. Because we want to be very clear about how we do it.
0: Mm. Very clear. That's good. I, I like that. So, what do you think makes a great collective?
1: Well, I think kind of what I'm what I'm saying. Every person within the organization, Tech Nation, I would say, is incredibly passionate about their job and very good at it. Very good at it. Incredibly smart active, ambitious people that are behind the scenes in tech nation. And we are literally there to help. And it, you can just sense that. So I think that's what makes a, a great collective is that passion, that desire to really do something good. A lot of the reason I took this position is I used to work in you know, very much in a commercial capacity and you know, all my KPRs were driven by revenue. The only KPI that I have is to help. <laughs> Literally to be a good person, to make sure that these these founders are being able to be connected into our network. You know, they are finding those commercial, you know, that commercial traction, that they are meeting other founders. We have other, we have something called a founders network. Basically, once they apply to that, they're put into a group where they get to talk to other founders that are on maybe the same kind of journeys. It's a very lonely place to be to be a leader and to be an entrepreneur and you know sometimes there's a lot of frustration there's burnout you know we're human so it's a place where they have this really nice open forum to be able to discuss you know issues or problems that may be happening or to celebrate things or best practices to share in that. I think that's what makes a great collective is a real desire. There's no membership fee. So there's no reason for us to to be doing this unless we just truly want to help. And that, I think that really comes across to the founders that they know that we have their back. So if they start finding pitfalls or they're, you know, finding issues that they can't seem to overcome, they come to me first in the ecosystem, and then of course I, I take them into Tech Nation, and we we solve those problems as much as we can.
0: I love that. I know that, for example, from an agency point of view, I'm I'm part of a number of co- what I want to call the collective, which is a you know agency collective, and you know we find a lot of value. You know, I think it's even interesting in our in our world because a lot of us actually will, you know offer the same type of services. But I've never really seen you know um, people who offer the same services as me as competitors, because again you know people choose to but you know to work with me because of me first, or because of somebody. On my team, and that's one thing that you know you cannot change. There's only one like you. But I like as well the fact that it's so important as well in technology to start this conversation and not be afraid to be challenged and and having that. And again, as you say, you know it's it it is a lonely world. And if you're not able to exchange, people understand your journey. I think as an entrepreneur, you know it's not easy. You know you put a lot of hours. You want people to understand exactly what you're going for. You can have this technical conversation not always technical conversation with people who understand the journey and also can share oh these are some of the stupid things i've done <laughs> if you can I'm, I'm gonna tell you what i've done so so you don't make the same mistakes and i really really like that and i think that's a powerful thing and um you know looking at a technician and um probably as you mentioned like there's not not in you know we're trying to change the game around diversity and so forth so Trying to bring more women and trying to bring more, um, you know, ethnicity and LGBT, as you mentioned as well. What would you say to them to say, like, join, be part of it? What would be your, your message to them?
1: To, to anyone that was wanting to join Technician?
0: Yeah. Anyone who would join Technician doesn't fall into the, the you know, the dominant category of individuals.
1: Right. Okay. Um, I, I say feel safe. Feel that it's a safe place to be, to be yourself completely and openly. Um, and I think that's what we're losing a bit of that in, in this world. You know, I, there's these great strides like we're talking about. But I think, you know, there's a lot of um, pressure on people to conform through social media and other things. You know, what I love about Tech Nation is we truly believe in the individual. We truly believe in the ideas that come from that individual. And we don't we don't worry about... You know the other things that may feel like you're being, you know, biased against or or anything like that. It's really about who you are, and that's all that matters. And that's that in itself, I think, is a very liberating feeling and a very comforting feeling. So, feel safe is my word.
0: Yes, I love that. That's such a great way to say, Kate. And I was telling people, like, you know, I've been in rooms as a as a woman quite often where I'm the only one not even just a woman but I'm the only woman not even just black but just the only woman and I've always I think I'm probably one of these crazy persons that I've embraced the fact that I was the only person in the room but not everybody feels, you know in such a way and I think it's important to just accept the fact that because you are the only one in the room you are meant to be here and that's one thing that I love a lot but that's the end of the first part of this episode we'll be back in a couple of seconds
1: you are listening to tech brains talk a conversation on the strategy of becoming a remarkable individual and creating iconic tech brands your host is flavilla Fongang, author speaker and founder of three colors rule a creative branding and marketing agency for tech companies for more information go to three colorsrulecom if you found this podcast helpful please help us by telling your friends and rating us a five stars on itunes thank you now back to where we left it off
0: we are back for part two, and I'm still with the fabulous Kate Patton. Kate, was really mentioned? You know, uh, I don't know when you've, you, how long have you been in the UK? But I know I've been in the UK now for 18 years, <laughs> and I was only play, I was only planning to be in London for one year. I came to learn English, and I, as you know, I'm, and I still have a lot of French accents. And yes, tell us about your journey, Kate. What made you decide to leave, you know, Texas and come to to come to the UK?
1: It's quite a convoluted journey. So bear with me. I'll try to be succinct as I can. Um, so I, I actually grew up very, um, in a very strange kind of way. So I grew up in the wild of the Rocky Mountains. Um, I was born into a house with no electricity, no running water. I used to ride horses. My mom used to break horses. That's how we kind of made a living. Um, but I, it was incredibly rural. And so my mom, very early days, she was an artist as well, really instilled in me a zest and a passion for what was outside my world. What other places could I, could I go to? So I first learned about, for example, Paris, France. That was my first kind of stop that I wanted to get to um, through books. So books were kind of my way into to travel through the mind, through my imagination. So when I was in Texas, basically, so we moved from the Rocky Mountains to my grandparents' farm in Texas. And when I was there as a child, um, my mom started taking me on trips. So we went to Mexico, we went to Canada, we went all over the United States. And they just kept growing that passion for travel. So when the economic downturn happened in 2007, I chose to be made redundant. I was head of an all-male sales team, um, sales and marketing team, and lumber and building materials supply. So when the housing market crash happened, I realized that I needed to kind of pivot and think about something different. And one of my many travels, I had gone through Edinburgh And had fallen in love with the city itself, the aesthetic beauty of it, the mystery of it. Um, Every time I would turn a corner, I'd find some kind of neat little cafe or cool bar or something. It just kept my imagination and it captured me. And Scotland itself is just beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I decided to pivot and looked abroad and I found a program at the University of Edinburgh for my master's. I thought that'd be a good way to kind of wait out the storm. Little did I know that it was going to be a seven-year one. So, um, so I moved over to Scotland. and just took a chance and started this master's program and wrote my dissertation on how hip hop music can teach second language acquisition through mnemonic devices. Try to say that five times fast. Um, and basically, I then married and no longer am with this this man. But I married a Scotsman, and I realized that I had to then again pivot because no one was interested in my degree. So um, I looked at technology and technology at that time in Scotland was very much kind of um, in the startup scene was really big and there was kind of, there was different inroads that I could get kind of get into it. So I just used to put my charm and my wit, <laughs> lagged my way into some companies, and that started my journey. So I've been here for ten years now, um, and lots of different iterations of roles. And I absolutely love the UK, and I, I don't ever see myself actually returning to the States. My family's there, but my heart is here. Yeah, that's, that's kind because of, I, d- I can say it.
0: <laughs> I do hope you're still voting, though, if you're not voting, even if you know. Oh,
1: oh, I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, is it is exhausting. I love what you say, Kate. Um, and I think it's so important that, you know, people who have not traveled enough are missing out. And I'm lucky that also for my life I've managed to travel around so many places and really open my mind. And there's one thing that I've noticed people people who have traveled a lot would say, you know, when they come into a different culture, instead of saying it's weird, they say it's different. So we really embrace diversity and differences. And, and I love that, but looking at, you know, you, you did mention that you work in sales and now you're working much more, you know, around engagement and, you know, entrepreneurial engagement. So you understand the world of, you know, the importance of first of all, bringing business, but what have been some of your, the skills that you've you applied now in your business and maybe around that? I'm curious as well, if you can share some of your lessons for the, the evolution of your career.
1: So I have actually earned my, biz- my own business a couple times and, um, I love the exhilaration that, that that presents itself. So you are in charge, you are everything. So there's a lot of um, multifaceted kind of learning that happens and you're always juggling something different, kind of learning on your feet constantly, mm-hmm. which I love. I love knowledge. I love learning. I love being exposed to challenges. Um, but in that, that does cause sometimes stress. There was many sleepless nights of wondering if I was going to be able to succeed and if the business would stay open and keep the lights on even. So yeah, I think some of the things I've learned through that journey is to be resilient. I know we use that word a lot in technology, but what I really mean is to be mentally resilient. Like you need to be able to pick yourself up when you make a mistake. And, you know, sometimes people do that through different ways, you know, meditation or positive thinking. Or whatever. I'm Texas, so we do it with grit. (laughs) We pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and we basically buckle in and just put our head into the wind and keep going. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I think has really given me a strength and a core ability to not be knocked off too easily by challenges that are presented externally or internally. Um, And I think that's something that I've definitely brought to this role is that I am empathic to what's going on with some of these founders. I understand what that feels like. And I can encourage them from a place of knowledge of understanding what that feels like lying in your bed, three o'clock in the morning, you can't sleep, you're thinking about all the different things you need to do, and how are you going to do them, and the people that work for you as well, you need to be able to provide for their families, and all of that's kind of building up and kind of weighing on your shoulders. Um, so I understand that, I understand it, but I also understand the, the wins, so those great, you know, first contracts that come across, and the positive feedback someone's given to you from a customer service point of view. So I think that's something I've definitely brought into the role. The other thing I think that i I'm terrible with like little niddly things. Like I cannot do a spreadsheet. I can't, <laughs> I work in technology. I can't even do the basics of certain things, but um, I think I'm also a really good communicator. So I listen first, then I try to communicate that, you know, that, that help and that positive, but also give them really granular things. So a lot of the meetings that I have, I want to know, we're talking about commercials because I come from a commercial background. So what are the, the big things that are, come, they need to overcome? How are they going to get money into the coffers? You know, some of these, these companies I've talked to, for example, I had one yesterday, they're going international. You know, they're looking at serious you know, market traction and they're still having these things of how do I get in front of the right customer? Can you help me with that? Absolutely. Let me put on that, that sales hat and see what I can do. So there's lots of different things I've brought to this role, but I think yeah, the main one is resilience and listening
0: yes I mean resilience is everything you know and I would say you know the importance of knowing why you wake up in the morning I think that you know you, what is the big idea what is really your, what drives you and it, it has to be more than just money because money is not going to be enough to just you know the days where you feel like you just want to sleep a bit more or you feel that you don't want to give up when anything is not working is that drives off you know whatever it is for someone whatever it is for a stranger whatever it is for a cause whatever it is for anything you know that's what you know, keep it, keeps you in mind and I know for from a, you know, as an entrepreneur myself, you know, you have to have that and that makes a big difference, you know, when you, exactly the fact that you also understand the entrepreneurial journey makes it easier easier for you to connect. I'm curious in terms of, I always like to ask you in terms of um, customer acquisition strategy, what has been some of the customer acquisition strategy you've seen within the nation that has been super effective? Obviously it will vary from one company to another, but is there any, is there any other, that you, you know, you, you will recommend and if it is, just really random question.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. Because um, yeah, it does really vary from company to company. Because every company is doing something, you know, somewhat different. Or, or you know, they're trying to do a variation of something different. I think what really works is, and I don't know if that anyone's going to like this, but a lot of times technology is about timing. So you may have a really great product and you may have a really great idea, but you need to be ambitious. I like I like that word a lot because it's, it covers a lot of different gamuts but you really need to get your timing right. So if you have this great idea and you think it's amazing, start it now. Don't wait. Get on it. You know, like, my <laughs> this is a funny story. So my mom had the idea for the whiteout pin, like Fifteen years before it was invented, and I said, "Mom, I could be sitting on an island somewhere. I could be this heiress to this whiteout pin fortune." You know, <laughs> what, what have you done? You've taken away my dream. I'm no, just kidding, but um, but yeah, I think as a lot of it, it's about time. You really need to be watching the market. You need to be aware of what's going on in your competitors. You need to see that other idea is not out there yet. And some of these ideas that I've been been privy to see come to fruition are amazing, and they are going to disrupt the way that we live. I mean, who would have thought? you know, five, seven years ago that we would be getting into a stranger's car and asking him to go places that you just booked on your phone. You don't <laughs> even know the guy. You're getting into the car and he's like taking you to some you know strange place, whatever. You know, like we would have never done that before. We would have never done that. Airbnb, almost going to go stay in some person's backyard because it looks cool. You know, again, we can just book that in. And these are companies that now are huge, huge. You know, we all know we live our lives through them now. So I think, you know, timing is really important. You need to be aware of what's going on in the market and you need to be brave enough to take that idea out
0: there. Absolutely. And again, you say the word magic word resilience. Absolutely. So, 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 so key. I really like that. I'm going to say one more question before I let you go, Kate. This is my favorite question. So be ready. <laughs> this is the toughest question, which is about a legacy. Legacy. I always like to think about legacy as your immortality. And the question is really much, how do you want people to remember you, whatever it is in business, whatever it is personal. So what is it, Kate?
1: I was actually talking about this last night. Oh. You may laugh, but we were talking, it was kind of, it's a little bit, it's a little bit cryptid, but a little bit strange, a little bit morbid. We were talking about what song would be played at your funeral. <laughs> and mine, mine is Holiday by Madonna. Mm-hmm. And I want people to think of my legacy as a person that loved life, loved it in every sense of the word, and it just juiced all of it out. And, you know, that passion, that energy, that um, ability, like I said before, to put my head into the wind and keep going despite whatever gets thrown my way. So when people look at me, they go, you know what? I like the way that she lives I like being around her I like the way that she she tackles these things in life that sometimes are maybe would have knocked other people down you know so so yeah that's my legacy that I laugh I laugh hard I cry hard I live life to the fullest I I love people I love learning about different technology and different people in general um, and yeah what well, holiday
0: played at my funeral I love that this is so good it made me think that I need to think about my song as well <laughs> it's funny because in my country when when someone dies I'm from Cameroon when someone dies nobody people don't wear black they wear blue and it's a symbol of going you know going to the sky so the people wear blue and it's always a a joy so you know and probably people have heard from Wakanda but you you know death is never the end you know there's this Spirit of connection that you have with your ancestors and people could cultivate that, which is amazing. But it's so nice to have you, Kate, and you've been such a great addition. So tell us if you want to get find out more about Tech Nation or maybe get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach out?
1: And the best way to reach out is go to www.technation.io. And if you want to find me, it's under the regions tab. I'm the Northeast and it has all my Twitter, email, everything you need to know. So please, yes, do get in touch.
0: Honestly, it's brilliant. Kate, so, so good to have you. And anybody is listening to this right now, Tech Nation is completely free. They're here to help you, to support you. So go out there, believe in your big idea, believe in, believe in changing the world. You never know how far that might take you, but give it a try. Just trust yourself enough to believe that you can change the world. So, And I'll see you very soon. Bye, everybody. <laughs>